0: Pastor Ray Bentley poses a challenging question about the pathway of discipleship.
1: Am I willing to pay the price of discipleship? What is the cost? Everything. Everything that you are. In other words, there is no easy or light decisions, but rather deep and permanent ones. Are you in or are you out? Are you hot or are you cold? Discipleship truly is everything. Spread news.
0: Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Skeptics might look at first century disciples who sacrificed everything to follow Christ and say, oh, it was easy for them, they didn't have much. But the sacrifice Jesus looks for is more than possessions. It's becoming the possession of Christ, giving our all to him.
1: Here's Pastor Ray with more. Luke chapter 14, now you remember that Jesus has, is in the midst of a dinner that he has been invited to and uh, this dinner party has become filled with tension. Why? Because it was not a really nice social event. This was an invitation for Jesus to come to a home in order to be trapped. And if you go back to verse one, you'll notice at the end of the verse, they watched him closely. Kind of hard to enjoy a meal when you've got somebody on the other side eating a piece of bread, just, you know, grinding his teeth, looking at you, waiting for you to say something wrong. Well, in fact, they had set it up. Jesus had been, of all the bad things you could think of, healing people on the Sabbath day. So verse 15, go back to verse 15, because apparently in the midst of this tension, Uh, and nobody's saying anything. You know how somebody will say something to try to liven things up and break uh, the ice, as it were? So one guy says, verse 15, now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. He he makes this statement kind of like, well, nobody could disagree with that. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll really enjoy bread when we're in the kingdom of God. And everybody goes, oh, yes, you know, which only throws the door open for Jesus to continue where he left off. And verse 16, then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And then another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame, and the blind." So let's hold on for just a moment. Story time with Jesus. (laughs) The great banquet. He's talking about this wealthy individual who has a great banquet, and he has invited all of these guests. Now I need to explain a little bit about the culture of that time. There were actually, when you were, and this by the way pictures the great Uh, marriage supper of the Lamb that's going to be in heaven. This is the gospel invitation. First, you know, through the angels and then through the law and through the prophets. God's invitation has gone out to the whole world to come to the great supper. And so there would be initially, culturally, this invitation which people, if you're invited by the king, you can't say no. You, You always say yes the first time. But there are always two invitations. There's the first one where you're announced, okay, such and such a time and place, we're going to have uh, this great banquet, and signed by the king. And now, the picture of God, the king of the universe. Yes, I want to go to heaven, so you mark, accepted. But then, there's always the second invitation. The second invitation culturally was, you were not given the exact time of day. That was the second invitation now and when you got the second invitation because you had already said you wanted to come you dropped everything that you were doing and you went immediately in honor of the uh, wealthy or royal guest who has invited you so the picture here is that those who have received the first invitation so let's call it do you wanna go to heaven oh yeah I wanna be in the kingdom I wanna be part of that great supper have all marked accepted but when the actual second invitation comes, now it is begun. Now, drop everything and come, what do they do? They come up with all these excuses. What, uh, now? Uh, the one who is bringing the message is who? Jesus, Jesus is the son of the king. He is the Messiah. Uh, this is not what we had anticipated. No thank you, and they made up excuses. So, let's pick up the story with verse 22. Again, notice that the, the king or the The master being angry, he gets angry when he has been uh, refused, So, so great a banquet and so great a gift, so great a salvation, we might add. Verse 22, and the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. And then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. So because no one was actually ready to enter into the kingdom through the second invitation, through the Son, Jesus the Messiah, the Lord says, Now I want you to go out and invite the weak and the poor and the maimed and the blind and go into the highways and hedges. The kingdom of God, in other words, will be offered to the outcasts from this world. Now, though we don't have a long time to explain all the details, um, because in the Old Testament there were laws and principles about the worship that were symbolic of a future fulfillment in the millennium and perfection, and the removal of sin. And through their interpretation and legalism, there were also complicated issues. But let's just say those with blemishes or physical impairments were barred from truly entering in to full-time participation in worship. And so the the lame, now, here's what the, the father is saying, because those who had been invited have refused, have refused this glorious invitation. They have refused the kingdom of God. They have refused God's choice. They have refused God's son. They have refused his way. I want every seat that somebody had said, yes, I accept, and then the, when the time actually came, they refused the invitation through my son. I want every place that has been already set filled. I don't care how far you have to go. I don't care uh, how, how you know, low you have to go. I want every seat filled. The father wants, he's got a banquet, and there is a place set, and here's what's good and glorious and exciting news. If you're a believer in Jesus and you've received his second invitation, there's a place set for you with your name on it. Have you ever been to one of those receptions where everything's, you know, everybody had to sign up and you had to accept, and then you register, and then you go, and there's your name at the deal, and then you sit down right at that place. It's in heaven. It's got your name on it. The book of Revelation tells us at the Great Supper, uh, the angels will be the maitre d's walking around, little towels over their wings. (laughs) Serving us, the hidden manna, and ministering to us. How many of you can't wait to get to that banquet? And there's a place for you. This is the greatest feast in human history that God has invited. And and he, he wants them to be literally compelled to come. This is a picture of the Gentiles who would be invited uh, to the party, along with the Jews who had received and not only accepted the invitation to come, but they had received the second invitation through the Messiah. And so again, Luke 14, 22 and 23, the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and still there is room Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways, hedges, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. It is a prophetic reference to the Gentiles, the outcasts, the nations, every language, tribe and kindred who would now personally be given the second invitation from the son to enter into the kingdom and to the royal and eternal banquet through faith in the Messiah, Jesus. In the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 46, uh, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Obviously, uh, as they grow in this boldness and Paul and Barnabas were sent out as missionaries all around the Mediterranean to all of Europe and to all the nations, There were Jews who obviously had accepted the invitation, the second invitation, and they were many of the early believers, but he speaks generically of the nation. There were many in the nation that had had rejected that invitation. He says, okay, it didn't get filled up. Not all the Jews responded. So now the father is going to make up for that with all the Gentiles. And how many of you are glad that you got invited, you got let in, you got an invitation through Jesus?
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to Ray at RayBentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to read a parallel passage. Acts chapter 28, verse 25 says, The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. Now, the Master told the servant on this second invitation, it didn't get filled up with all those who were invited. They sent their cancellation to the second invitation. So go and compel them to come. What? Me? This is a joke. Are you kidding? Nobody of that class has ever invited me to anything. And so he is saying to the evangelists, who now will go in the name of the master and bring the good news and the gospel. No, you too have been invited. No, but I, you don't, I'm from this. I'm not Jewish. I'm not part of the chosen. I'm not part of the, the deal. And, and look at me. How could I come? No, you will have to convince them. The compelling is in the passion and the persuasion. No, it's for you. Look, it has your name on it. He wants you to come. There's a place for you. There's a seat for you. They will need some convincing. Some of those who need convincing are the members of your own family. Now is the time to persuade them. Now is the time to pray them in. Now is the time to share with them. Now is the hour of visitation. Trust me, the world is being squeezed like a rock. It is being shaken. And there are more shakings to come. There are more birth pangs to come. God is on the move. Take advantage of the flow of the Spirit. Share, be bold, share your faith. All the seats must be filled to the Jew first, And then even to the Gentile, to every nation, language, kindred, and tribe, for the host to be happy. Every seat must be filled. Now look with me in verses 26 and 27. Or he goes on, actually, in uh, verse 25. Okay, now, great multitudes uh, went with him, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me... So, you know, what do we take from this? Apparently Jesus... (laughs) He left them all with great tension, got up and walked out of that banquet. Said, I'm, in fact, you know, I'm gonna go out. You guys don't wanna come? Okay, I'm gonna go out and invite others. And in verse 25, a great multitude went with him. They were all probably waiting outside the door because they hadn't been invited in with all the high society people inside. So he goes, I'll go out to the, all these people waiting for me. He turned and then said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, there have been many, uh, you know, liberal writers, scholars over the last 2,000 years who have taken that and said, see, how can you trust Jesus? He tells you to hate your mom and dad and brother and sister. Well, you know, if that's what they choose immediately to believe, then it reveals more about them than it does about Jesus. Jesus, there's already the word. He said, not one jot or tittle of the word of the law of God shall be broken. He said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to what? Fulfill it. What does the law say? Thou shalt honor thy father and mother. You're to love them. And you love your neighbor as yourself. Self. So, of course, we're to love them. This is where non-Jews read with Greek thinking minds and try to interpret something that is in another culture. For all that this modern culture says, we need to understand other cultures and be understanding and so forth. Well, how about understanding the culture in which the Bible was written, the Middle Eastern culture? This is not to be taken in this sense. Literally, it's figurative language, and you say, well, why did he say that? Because (laughs) it's a way of communicating that grabs people's attention. Hey, did it grab anybody's attention? I remember being a young believer reading, wow, i got to hate my mom and dad. Mom, dad, hey, what's up with this? You go and talk to your pastor, and he goes, well, that's not what it means. And I heard this from the time I was a teenager, you know, a youth pastor, What does this mean? You're supposed to hate your mom and dad? No, that's not what it means. It means it's a word or an expression by comparison. Now, if you want to fulfill the law of God, you love your mom and you love and honor your dad and you love your neighbor as yourself with everything you've got for the rest of your life and that's fulfilling the Torah. But having done that, The love that you ought to have for God for the greatest and the first commandment is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. By comparison, it should be as though it were this strong emotion. In other words, there is no comparison. Our God is a jealous God. He wants all of us. He wants all your heart. And that's why... Life is so challenging and difficult because God is interested in our hearts. And he wants to set you free as you've never been set free before. So we have here the, the relational cost. And this opening salvo, as I mentioned, is a, a great shocker. Philippians chapter three, verse 10. Let's read that out loud. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him, in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. How do I do that? How do do you do that? We live in different times but I will say this and I heard it once long ago and it's very, very true. Every single human being all has your own personalized cup of suffering. You will go through in a lifetime, whatever it is your life is, however long it is, you will go through suffering in a fallen world. And nobody else, not the closest person to you, will go through your life or your heart or your mind or your emotions or your experience. You alone have your own individual cup of suffering. You are then, and I are invited to take our life's daily cup of suffering in a fallen, broken, sinful world and identify it with Jesus. To the degree daily that God should allow whatever suffering that comes into my life, I am so then to be one with Jesus and realize that I am crucified with Christ. And with him and through him, I learn how by the spirit within me to die to anything and everything else that is in this world. And he teaches me, it's like you have a lesson plan that is unique to you. Out of seven, six and six and a half billion people, your discipleship plan is so tailored that it's for one person only, and that's you. And my, I have my own. And you are to take, and I am to take, Philippians 3.10. Here's what Paul said, I wanna know Christ. Well, Paul ended up being beheaded for the Lord. He was beaten, he went through all those things. You and I may never be crucified. We may never be physically beaten. We'll go through verbal abuse and we'll go through emotional abuse and maybe uh, sexual abuse. We may go through who knows what, a full gamut of things in our time, in our day and generation. But everything that we go through, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. I'm dead of the world and alive to Christ. And so somehow... Here's the other side of it, making it meaningful to attain to the resurrection from the dead. There's the sacrificial cost, because discipleship is a series really of deaths. And uh, discipleship with Jesus is a, is a path of self-denial. Disciples embrace suffering as a way to supernatural living. How many of you wanna live a supernatural, spirit-filled, revelational life, amen? The way through that is to take my suffering to the cross and identify with Jesus and then come through to the other side. He wants it all. Lay it down, surrendered unto the Lord. Discipleship truly is everything. So with that, go back to verse 28 and let's read this last little paragraph that now I think will come with great power. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Adding up the cost. These stories reveal to us that it is important individually to sit down, take some time, and add up the rest of your life. Am I willing to pay the price and the cost of discipleship? What is the cost? Everything. Every possession that you have, everything that you are, every corner of your life, you get to hold on, I get to hold on to nothing. In other words, there is no easy or light decisions, but rather deep and permanent ones. Are you in or are you out? Are you for Christ or not? Are you hot or are you cold? I know that Jesus died for me, now I'm willing to suffer with him. I know that his blood was shed, now I'm willing also to sacrifice for him. And may that be the path to my experience of his resurrection life in me.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley, pointing out the demanding, rewarding pathway of discipleship today, here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, Will You Surrender? If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it, raybentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year next time join pastor ray for more from our studies in the book of luke more from god's word next time on maranatha radio maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return the whole gospel to the whole world maranatha radio with pastor ray bentley an outreach of Maranatha Chapel 10752 Coastwood Road San Diego California 92127